Now that I have your attention, how's it going, everybody? And I just want to go ahead and apologize um, for everybody that I may have teased uh, beforehand <laughs> when I just took a picture of my microphone um, and I put it on my Snapchat story and I put it on Instagram and everybody's like, oh, man, Damien, you in the studio? What? Like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just trying to do my thing. Oh, uh, let me go ahead and let you know I will not be a rapper nor uh, will I be a singer. I'll be doing RB. I'm not going to do any of that. This is the first episode of the Unbiased Opinions podcast with Damian Mitchell. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for the support. You know, there's a few people that knew what I was doing. I just didn't want to tell the entire public. But this is a huge, huge opportunity for me. And it's a bl- I consider it a blessing, man, just having the, the tools and the resources to uh, to put this together. But what uh, I just want to talk about the premise of the, the podcast, really, you know, um, just a little background about myself. I'm Damian Mitchell. I was born and raised in the big old, big old town of um, Maplesville, Alabama. <laughs> born in 96. Uh, I graduated from Maplesville in 2014. I was blessed, you know, to um, to uh, to to play sports. Um, sports is really my passion. Um, I played football, basketball and baseball all through high school. And uh, had a chance to uh, to continue to play a sport when I got to college. I, I played college football at Birmingham Southern, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful school, wonderful school. My alma mater. Um, yes, alma mater. That means I graduated. Yes, I graduated from one of the finest institutions, if not the finest institution in the these United States. Um, but, yeah, I got a chance to play football class of 2018 for whatever um, of Birmingham Southern College. But the thing about this podcast, I just want people to know what's going on. In Damian Mitchell's mind and Damian Mitchell's world a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, some some things that's going on out here in the world. I really want to pro- talk talk about sports, but I also don't want to just be strictly sports. I want people to sit back and be like, you know what, Damian, I can sit down and have a cup of coffee with Damian because he knows exactly what he's talking about. I'm no, I am no, no way an expert in any of this. It's literally called unbiased opinions, which means I'm going to give you my opinion. I mean, there might there will be some facts involved, but for the most part, it's just, you know, what's going on in Damian Mitchell's mind. And I just want people to know, I feel, you know, like I'm not, I don't think I'm that important that y'all need to stop what y'all are doing. But hey, if you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Like I, I accept feedback. I'm, I play football. I played sports like I can take constructive criticism. If you haven't played, I mean, I'm telling you, constructive criticism, I think, is a trait for some people because some people just can't take it. And uh, I mean, like like you, I mean, I started off with some music playing. I want people just to sit back, have a good time. Um, so let's get this thing started. I'm gonna talk about my roots for a little bit. Um, I was born, like I said, I was born and raised in Maplesville, um, extremely small town. Love those Maplesville Red Devils. Shout out to my one A, my alma mater, class of 2014. Um, God, I mean, I don't know where I could start. Let's see. I had a lot of motivation growing up. I had a very close knit family. Um, I always had a lot of support. I always had a lot of support going through. So I never, I never really had to worry too much growing up. Um, you know, my parents both had jobs, steady jobs. You know, to try to provide for me and my sister. Uh, and I guess the, the the thing that really sticks out to me about my small about my hometown is just you know the people. Um, 
Like, I didn't know I had an accent until I got to college. That's, that, I mean, that was kind of one of the things I was like, they was like, damn, you talk so country. Is it, is it is it that bad? Like, I mean, where I'm from, everybody sounds the same. Then I got to college and they were like, man, like, where are you from? Like, Maplesville, Alabama. They was like, yeah, I've never, never heard of it. But the people who have heard of Maplesville, they know, you know, we're pretty rich in, in football, football tradition. Uh, we've had some guys go to the NFL. We're blessed to have some guys going to the NFL, Tommy A.G. and Harold Morrow. Um, but there's some things that down, like down there in Maplesville that people just don't understand. Um, for a 1A school to have as much success as we've had, I mean, it's 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 truly it's truly amazing to 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 witness and to talk about because I I, I carry around this this certain stigma like man I'm, I'm from Maplesville and they're like man y'all have a great fo-. like everybody I talk to that knows of Maplesville they always talk about football and I'm like yeah man I was I was one of those football players one one time uh, they're like man y'all won a lot of state championships I was like man I didn't win a state championship but uh, I did I did play in one I did play in one we fell short to Pickens County my senior year. Oh man, December of 2013, I'll never forget. 38-18, it was rough. Oh man, he's talking about opening up some some wounds. But yeah, we fell short. But I also think that was one of those turning points in the program. Maplesville hadn't been to a state championship since 1996, and that was the year I was born. And in 2013, I mean, you can talk about it. You know, the quarterback, Colby Chambers, who was like my 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 I mean, my best friend. He's He's been there with me through it all. He was number seven. I was number six uh, playing tailback. And the teams that we had, the leadership that we had, Devontae Morrow, Brett Walker, Enrique Tapia, Chase Gurley, Cameron Ford, Forrest Stewart, um, even Alex Johnson, Deasy. Hey, shout you out, buddy. Um, it was just amazing. It, it was amazing to to witness a group that, you know, we all basically came in together, grew up together. In Maplesville, I'm telling you, I'm trying to explain it to you now the best way I can. I could get a whooping probably from every one of their mamas and my mama wouldn't say a word. She'd be like, yeah, if he acting up, handle business. We'll take it out there. And I feel like that's everybody in Maplesville. I feel like the small town, it was just one big family to me. I know if I go down to Maplesville right now, I can talk to anybody. Like, man, hey, Damien, how you doing, man? I ain't seen you in so long, man. Those good old country folks. I'll stand outside the supermarket for 35 minutes and all I'm doing is going there to get a toothbrush or something. And it's just like, I think the thing about those small towns that people don't understand is just like, some people just don't, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard not to come back. It's not, it's hard not to come back to your roots, man. Cause like I said, it's, it's just one big family. And I've always, I've always enjoyed going back home. Even if it's just for a hot minute. There's times when I go home and I don't want to tell people I'm back. And it's just like. I sit back and I drive around the town. And I'm like, how did I make it out of here? Let, let me mind you. Let me let me tell you how small Maplesville is. We don't have we don't have a stoplight. We have a caution light with a couple stop signs around it. And <laughs> and it's like I'll admit I didn't know how to parallel park until I got to college because I'm so used to dirt roads. I'm used to hitting three-point turns trying to pull out of somebody's house because I'm parking at, at the door. And, I mean, if you listen to country music, 
And I think if you listen to country music, you're not from a small town. You don't understand the the the, the songs that are, that are that are being played. Because everybody's like, oh my gosh, I love country. No, no. Because in the country, when you, especially down there in Maplesville, everything closes at 8 o'clock. That's why I was so happy when I got to Birmingham Southern. Because I was like, oh man, places actually stay open past 8. And like, not to knock down my hometown, but it's like, I mean, the Chevron stays open all the time. But like, that's just folks coming through from... Tuscaloosa, Montgomery, just coming up Highway 82. It's like I tell people, if you blink, you'll miss the hometown. If you yawn from the time you pull into town and you just stretch one good time, you've missed the whole the whole town. The whole town is gone. You go, oh, I'm out, I'm, out, I'm out of Maplesville. Yeah, you, you passed it. But on Friday nights, you couldn't beat it. You couldn't beat those times. Um, I mean, at the school... Start the morning off with a devil walk. I mean, elementary kids holding out pieces of paper, man. You signing autographs. You can't t- like you can't tell me those high school days weren't. I mean, it was just it was the cream of the crop. You living the fast life. You living up high, man. I mean, this is everything you dreamed about. I was. I remember when I was one of those kids, man. I got to get autographs from like you know names like Nick Andrews, Marvin Morton. I mean, the Rod Nicks. I mean. The, the list goes on and on. And I was like, man, I wanted to be one of those dudes. I wanted to be one of those guys that walk in the devil walk and everybody wants my autograph and stuff, man. That's what I, that was my, that was my dream, especially growing up. I was like, man, you know what? I want to be like those guys. I want to be just like those dudes. And the crazy thing is, man, I went to church with half of them. I see him out there on the road. Marvin, when I was a water boy, he my cousin. Man, Marvin used to give me rides after practice. And, I, and it's just like, when I got into that position, it didn't even feel, it felt so surreal. Like, I remember, I remember being that little snotty-nosed dude, that big-headed little boy that was like, you know what, I'm going to play college football one day. I don't care where it is. But I just feel like I can play, I can play ball. And fortunately enough, I mean, I got to play high school football, play basketball, play baseball. So I was, I mean, I was, a, I was a well-rounded athlete. But football had always been like that, that, that passion, that just, ugh, that, that desire. Basketball was not my, it was not my thing. I used to, I used to. If anybody has ever seen Nick Young play basketball, Nick Young, aka Swaggy P, yeah. Shooting threes like it's nobody's business. That's me. That was me. I played a lot of defense, though. I played a lot of defense. Played some good defense. But, you know, asthma, when it kicks in, is, you know, it's hard to go up and down the court. I, I feel like one of those out-of-shape folks on The Biggest Loser, like, whew, help me. It played effect in football, too, believe it or not. And baseball, baseball was a sport that I, I got better at year after year after year. Like, I batted 418 my senior year. How you can tell me anything? I was lead off batter. Everybody was like, oh man, hey, watch the bunt, watch the bunt. No, I couldn't bunt. I didn't know how. Didn't know how. <laughs> Coach Shanks, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. But I never learned how to bunt and I never wanted to bunt. Like I just, bunting was not my, th- I was like, man, I'm, I had the mindset that I'm going to try to tear the cover off this ball and I hope it goes far. 
Like, I mean, I mean, like, I just, I mean, I'd be out there, out there in the outfield, my hat sitting on top of my head. But if you ever hit it to me, I had range. I mean, the eyesight, I'd lose the ball in the air for a little bit. But my eyesight was, my eyesight got a little worse as I got older. But if I pinpoint it, I got it. If my glove was somewhere near, it, my feet were talking to my brain, I'd take off, boom, snagged it. I was like Ken Griffith Jr. out there. At least so I thought. <laughs> Arm strength, uh, man, it's about a C minus. I if I got it, to, if I got it to my cutoff, man, we was good to go. But Lord have mercy, I throw my shoulder out of place. Lord have mercy, boy, I don't know what it was. Couldn't do it. Couldn't throw it all the way home. Like it cut me off, and you you finished the rest. <laughs> but those those are the fun times. But yeah, man, that's just that's Maplesville though. I mean, everybody played the same. I mean, that's high school. High school, you got to think about it, man. They were guys. We I couldn't specialize in one. I just I didn't I never thought I was good enough to specialize in one sport. I wasn't. I was uh, let me see, let me try and think. I was like a hundred and maybe fifty pounds when I graduated high school. Maybe a hundred and fifty. And I'm, I mean most of it was all in my head because I mean I walked around with a whew. I was like a walking gumball machine. My head was so big <laughs> on that skinny little body. Lord hammers. And trust me, I got pictures to prove it. But I had so much fun in that small town, and it made me who I am. If it wasn't for Maplesville, there's no Birmingham Southern. I mean, it's it's simple as that. And I felt that me leaving Maplesville was one of the best things that happened. Because once you stay in that small town, as good as it is, there are its flaws. I mean, everybody's in your business, man. You know, You can't really... Do too much. You know, like I said, everything closes at 8 o'clock. And I just, I got used to the city life in Birmingham. I love Birmingham. I love Birmingham. I love Birmingham area. It's not that stupid big city like in Atlanta. But, like, there's so much to do here. And I'm going to talk about my college experience and why I think football. I think college football. Actually, I think football in general is the best is the best sport and the greatest sport in life that people just don't understand. People just don't understand football. But when you're out there playing, there's so many things that go into an account. You want to talk about trust? You learn how to trust? Football. Learn how to communicate? I mean, all sports, but I think football is is. Definitely, definitely the best teacher in life. Football's hard. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that there weren't days where I just felt like this is too much. It was tough. Like, it was tough. I remember, <clears throat> I remember me and my high school coach, I remember me and uh, Coach Hubbard got a great relationship. Look, at, he's one of my mentors. I, really, I talk to him a lot. Um, he's looked out for me over these years. Even when I'm not playing for him. But me and Coach Hubbard, uh, Jack Crow was the head coach at Jacksonville State. And he had uh, he was recruiting me. And there came a situation my senior year where they were like, you know, we have one scholarship offer left and it's going to go between you and a guy from Sweetwater, running back from Sweetwater. He had told me that. Going into my senior year. So I was like, man, I'm just going to work, 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 work my tail. I think they'll offer me. 
Kept working. Grinded all season long. Senior year came. No offer. Coach Crow's gone. And I had a former teammate that just went to Jacksonville State the year before, Anthony Johnson. So it's not like they didn't know about Maplesville. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'm not cut out for it. But then I get a call. Adam Hollyfield. He was a former offensive line coach at Birmingham Southern. He's like, hey, man, been looking at your film. <clears throat> I, I'm, let me try to do the impersonation. Oh, uh, Damien, you look at your film, man. You look good right there. Uh, you're a fast guy. You, made, you, look, you look amazing. And I was like, dang. I mean, I I had gone to Birmingham Southern for, like, camps and stuff for 7-on-7. But I was like, man, this is is kind of a small school. I don't know about it. Like, they football team any good? Like, I I didn't really know too much. I went, I came up for a visit. Select Southern, 2014. March. It was in March. (laughs) I knew... From the first visit that I took at Birmingham Southern College, that that was my new home. That was going to be my new home. Academically, one of the hardest, hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done in that, like, was to teach myself how to study. In high school, it just came easy. It came easy. But when I got to Birmingham Southern, that's what really that's what really took took heed of who Damian Mitchell is now. I met some of the most wonderful, wonderful people at, like between Birmingham Southern and just living up, up here in Birmingham. That campus over there off Arkadelphia Road. I'm telling you, it is the greatest institution in this United States. Unbiased opinion. <laughs> but yeah, I was recruited there, went on a visit, select Southern. I was like, yeah, I'm 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 coming here. I'm I'm coming here. Like there is no ands, ifs, or buts about it. The other Division Three school down south, down in Montgomery, was recruiting me at the same time. And I, I remember texting their coach that was recruiting me. and was like, hey, I'm going to Birmingham Southern. I had, and to this day, I have not heard from him. <laughs> he didn't wish me well or nothing. He, I, he didn't even say, I'll see you in the fall because we were playing that school down south in the fall. And they're our biggest rival, Wesley Cup, which is in Birmingham Southern's possession right now <laughs> for whatever. But, yeah. Football opened my eyes to a lot of things. Some of my best friends come from playing football. Life lessons that I've learned come from the game of football. I had the privilege to, I had a coaching change my senior year of college. Birmingham Southern was, I mean, I'll talk about my time at Birmingham Southern in later episodes of the podcast. But overall, my senior year was probably the most life-changing of, like, the most life-changing year 
at Birmingham Southern. And it came with a coaching staff change. Tony Joe White, who was the offensive coordinator at Center College in Danville, Kentucky, took a chance, came down to Birmingham, Alabama, to get Birmingham Southern where it needed to be. And that was from the guys who couldn't get it done, have all the talent in the world, but just can't find a way to put it together. To Southern Athletic Association championship contenders. And all he changed was the culture. He changed the culture. I mean, yeah, I mean, football came, football comes easy. Like, when you're in college and you play a sport, listen, you're not there for no reason. You're not there for any reason. Like, for, you're not there just because, like, oh, you lucked up. No. College football is college football. There's a reason why it's less than 10% of athletes, of high school athletes, go on to play college football. Because it is a job. It is a job. You know it's going to be hard. If football was truly easy, everybody would do it. But having to maintain a rigorous, rigorous academic schedule at Birmingham Southern, I mean academically, Birmingham, the reason Birmingham Southern has the expectation, has the reputation that it does is because of the expectations they give their students. You know going in, it's no joke. You can't just lollygag your way through college. Especially, well, I mean, you may can, but not at Birmingham Southern. You get out what you put in. And that's in everything in life. But my senior year, when Tony Joe White came in and changed everything, like, I mean, just... Like, I thank him. I can't thank him enough for the things that he did. But, like, it was his demeanor. It was the way he went about everything. Coach White may be one of the most competitive people I know. He also may be one of the nicest people I know. And he is also one of the most. How can I put this? He, no matter who he comes across, you're going to know that you met Tony Joe White. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> I mean, I know I probably drove him insane. Insane. But yet, he still treated me like I was, I mean, treated me like I had been his Teammate, all these like like I was like a little brother slash son slash nephew slash, I mean everything cousin, and I feel like that's what makes I feel like that's what makes people relationships are built in ways that you can't really explain. Like I look up to Coach White as like one of my mentors as well. Like I just feel. He knows he has my support, and I know he that I have his support, and no matter what we do. And that whole entire coaching staff, Coach Parent. I mean, he coached defense. But as long as you were repping that black and gold at Birmingham Southern, they were going to try to get the best out of you 
and you know you knew you were going to get the best out of them. You knew it. And I mean, I can't fathom enough how much he taught us in just that one year that I had him. I mean, he came into a system where, I mean, it was a lot of dysfunction. It was a lot of dysfunction. He came in and we turned our negatives almost into positives. Start putting our athletes in place. Start putting our playmakers in position. I mean, it was a new system we had to learn, so we took our bumps and bruises. We went three and seven my senior year. But this past year, we went six and four. Should have been at the minimum. I say eight and two. And I mean, what's happening over there at the at the hilltop? I'm I'm excited about because I know some of those guys, like some of those freshmen that I had as a senior, they're junior. They're about to be juniors now. They'll be juniors next fall. And it's just you see how time flies, and you have so much fun. Doing things that you love. Like football, to me, it was one of those things that I knew I had to make it. Like I knew it was going to be a door open. Like I wasn't looking to play NFL. Didn't I didn't really have dreams to play in NFL. NFL was just, I looked at it as more of a risk than a, than a reward. Because, I mean, CTE was starting to pop up a lot and a lot of concussions. And I'm like. Man, it's, it's it's all right. Like I mean, I love the game, but my body—I don't think I could take no. I don't. I couldn't take much more, especially being a hundred. I, I gained some weight when I was in college, but a hundred and seventy pounds at wide out. Uh, you know, they they come a little bit. They hit a little bit harder in the NFL. They get paid to knock you out. Get paid to knock you out. But. It doesn't really matter what I wanted to do on the football field because I knew off the field there were things that, I mean, football opened the door because it got me to college. Anywhere, any way you can get to, I would I would recommend anybody to play college sports if, you, if you're blessed with the, the ability and blessed with opportunity to. I think college coaches have the hardest job like in the world. College coaches have to have to paint no, they have to build a huge puzzle but don't know exactly where the pieces need to go. If you get my if you get my drift the picture is going to be built. The puzzle will be built. But it takes so many obstacles. It takes so much to put the pieces in place. And I feel that's what college, think about it as a college coach. You're going to have guys or girls from everywhere. You put them in one location. Think about it. You got me coming from Maplesville, Alabama. I had teammates that were from Atlanta, 
Georgia. Has people from Florida. Tennessee. California. I mean, but yet we're all there in Birmingham, Alabama. Just, I mean, we're just like, the coach has to sell the program. Sell it. To guys like, like us. And we're scattered all over the place. And they're not just developing us on the football field or the basketball court or the, 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 the track. They have to build us as people, as law-abiding citizens. Because mom and daddy ain't going to be there when class is at 8 a.m. And you still haven't finished that five-page paper. Mom and dad ain't going to be there at 4.30 meetings, but you don't get out of lab till 4.15, and you still haven't had lunch. Mama and dad ain't going to be there when you're out there dropping passes at practice or you're missing blocks in the game. The coach is going to be there. I mean, I'm telling you, the relationship that you have with your coaches goes past just the sport that you play. The sport is just, I mean, it's just a game. It's just a game. When it comes, when it comes down to it, it's just a game. Like, it's going to end. Where the real, the real life hits is when, hey, coach, I'm struggling. I'm struggling academically. Man, I got a C on this paper. I thought I had a B plus. I thought I at least had a B. What happened? That's what the coaches are gonna be there for. They ain't just there for fourth and fourth and ten. They're gonna be there for you when they can tell that you're something's not right with you in the meeting. Like the relation, like coaches have have a tough job. They have to, like, for, for a certain amount of time, they are your brothers, your sisters. They are your aunts, your uncles. They are your mother and your father. For a short amount of time, they're standing in place. They also know you on a different level than your parents may know you. I mean, they're around you a lot more than your parents are when you get there, when you get to college. And I think the legacy that people leave goes way past the sport. Way past the sport. Because you can talk to a coach about anything. Hey, coach, man, I, man I'm having girl problems, man. I mean, if you are, you are. Or even as a female. I, I mean, as a dude, we, we crazy. I know female coaches get tired of hearing stuff like that. But when mama and daddy ain't there, the coaches are there. And they also have to find a way to win games to keep their job. They're humans too. They have mouths to feed. They have families that they're taking their time away from. And their, their job is based off wins and losses. And that's that. I mean, that's that's the way it is. 
I mean, you could be a great counselor, but if you're 0 and 20, <laughs> um, yeah, dog. Hey, we appreciate everything you've done, but uh, we're gonna go in a different direction. <laughs> it's based off wins and losses. It's what what have you done for? It's not what you what have you done for me? It's what have you done for me lately? I'm telling you, it's 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 a doggy dog world. But yes, I think coaches have the hardest job because they're they're bringing people from all different types of backgrounds and mesh them all into one and making it work. So, I think I've ran my mouth long enough for today. Hope everybody enjoys, and hope I mean leave me feedback. Um, I actually want to know what people think about it. Do you want? Is there something you want me to talk about? It doesn't have to be about sports. It could be about you know anything. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So, my plan is gonna sit back, let the comments come. If they don't come, oh well. I mean, I'm gonna keep it rolling. But this has been unbiased opinions with Damian Mitchell. So I'm going to take you out with some Missing You Now by Michael Bolton. Whisper my name